German masala. Sit back and listen to German masala. Sit back and listen to German masala. Welcome everyone to second episode of our podcast German Masala. This is your host Herbir. And I'm your other host Alex. Thank you everyone for listening to our first podcast and sending us messages, beautiful messages that encourage us a lot to keep doing this. That's why we are doing this again. Uh, we got an email from our listener, Johnny Alex. Should I read it loud? Yeah, yeah, please uh, read it out loud and then uh, we'll see what, what Johnny has to say. And actually just a, a small disclaimer, I guess, because uh, Johnny is a good friend of mine. Um, he's he's based in the US and he shot us this email, but really cool. So if you want to send us an email, we have the email address you can send emails to in our show notes below. Um, it's uh, germanmasala at alex-universe.de. Cool. Before I read the email, uh, let me just tell you how this works. So we do this on bi-weekly basis and each time one of us gets to choose the topic uh, without the other one knowing what the topic is going to be. Last time, the topic was uh, space exploration. Alex chose it and Alex is also somewhat an expert on the topic. Well, I, so... <laughs> I don't know if I would call myself an expert, but yes, it's a, it's a topic I'm really passionate about it. And we talked about that last episode. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, let's say passionate about and you know about the topic a bit more than I do. So for me, you are an expert, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I get uh, Yeah, makes sense. Okay, okay cool. <gasps> cool. So what Johnny says is, he says, Hey guys, while listening, I had the following question. And as an engaged listener, I thought that I'd reach out. Well, thank you for doing this, Johnny. And the question is, what do you think about space winters? Since people in the 60s thought the same thing, this is the beginning of space travel and we'll be all traveling to space soon. And then nothing really happened. Do you think there's a chance this could happen again? Oh, wow. Good question. What do you think, Alex? Yeah. I mean, there's always the risk that stuff that's being kicked off now with the kind of second big space age upon us, right, could be something that is a period of time. And then after that, it just dies off. However, I think there's a couple of things that are fundamentally different. Um, back in the 60s, when the race to space was really happening, and even after that time, there was still progress being made, right? We talked about that there weren't any people on the moon anymore, but the International Space Station got built. We had the shuttle program from NASA. Um, so th it wasn't like there was a, I guess you can call it a space winter, but it was like it was not like there was nothing done during that time right and i think there's also the fundamental advantages that we have with technology or advances we had in technology in the recent years which enable us now to reuse rockets and and i we talked about this last podcast obviously so if, if you haven't listened to that go back and listen to that but spacex right it's such a big factor to have a driving force behind your project behind your ideas and in this case it's elon musk with spacex right they are pushing this to the next level and honestly with all the advances they've made and with also other companies like boeing and the company from uh, virgin right the the, the ones that yeah. want to also do the reusable space uh, rockets thing and they have actually have proven that they can do this um they are all now in this big industry and since there's a lot of money to be made in that industry i think mm. it's not going to happen anytime soon that we'll step back from that and from here on out i think we're going to be a space civilization more and more in the years to come 
Yeah, I, I think so too, Alex, and I hope so as well. Uh, I think um, reusable rockets are going to be the main factor in this because a rocket costs a lot of money. Um, I don't have the numbers in my head right now from top of my head. Maybe you know a little bit about that, Alex? It's on the SpaceX website. I want to say like a SpaceX launch costs like for low Earth orbit, maybe like 60 to 80 million, maybe 80 million or something like that, which is considerably cheaper than any other rocket company or any other launch company because, again, SpaceX has the reusable rockets. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I hope we answered your question, Johnny. Um, so I would say let's go to this week's topic, Alex. Yeah, I'm super excited because, uh, as you mentioned, we're doing this you know, on a rotational basis. So this week, it's it's your it's your honor to choose a topic, and I, I don't know what you've chosen. So uh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear what we'll be talking about today. Cool. Well, let me tell you, I was actually thinking about a different topic, but then uh, last week or the week before that, I think last week, so there were this news about uh, US stopping the H-1B visa until the end of the year. And uh, my Twitter feed was like filled with tweets about this. And I, when I went to Google News, I kept reading the news about this and don't, no worries, it's not going to be about H-1B visas, but it's just generally how interested people are in whatever is happening in the US. So the question I ask myself, why is that the people care so much about the US and the things happening over there? Of course, there is like a historical reason, a political reason as well, but that's not really, I want, uh, that's not really something I want to talk to you about. It's more our experiences with the U.S. or what we read about the U.S. as a, uh, U.S. as the ch as children, or what we know about U.S. right now. What that makes us so much interested in what's happening over there, right? So the question is, why do we care so much about the U.S.? Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally. Made, that is super interesting, man. I love this. I love this. Okay, so basically, it's why are people so obsessed with the U.S. in general or interested? Let's put it in a positive way. Like, what? Why are people so interested in the U.S.? That is a good question. And out of the top of my head, um, th there's like just a billion thoughts flashing around now. But f I, I guess we should start at why maybe we are interested in the US because I am and when yeah. that interest started because the first time I think I really got into what's happening in the US was during high school um, I think it wasn't during elementary school I think it was I, I mean obviously you know you know that there's different continents and different countries and you're being taught that sure like I knew that the US existed um, I knew some of the historical events that happened there but I think the first time that I really got thrown into, at least the first time that I remember of right now, is actually during the presidential elections two cycles back when um, when our, I want to say like uh, computer engineering teacher, no, it wasn't like informatics teacher, right? Like IT teacher. Yeah. Uh, it was like we, we were still using floppy disks and, and working on Microsoft Word, stuff like that. But I think <laughs> it's when when we started talking about, because he was also our geography teacher, if I remember correctly, but we're talking about the US elections and, you know, with Barack Obama running for president, the first time a black president could be elected. I think that's the first time I was actually starting to comprehend a little bit more of what's going on. And then, you know, growing up my adult life, after 
after I heard so much about the US, you know, after I dug more into the, the companies, obviously, like I'm really interested in the big tech companies of this world and they're all basically in the US, right? I had the basically privilege to do a year abroad, study abroad here in the US. That was my first time ever being to the US. I was fix 15 at the time, turned 16 while I was over there. And that is when my, basically my love for the US as a country with the people, um, I, it was really positive and I loved the time over there. And that's why I also went back every year since and, and visited friends and, and people over there. I think that's where my, like my obsession really started to begin with. But you didn't visit the US till I want to say like last year or the year before <laughs> or something. That was your first time in the US, right? Uh, yes, uh, two years ago, I visited US uh, back then. Um, I visited San Francisco, yes, the Bay Area. And for work, actually, I had not been to US before that. And uh, it was a very uh, interesting experience for me. It was a great opportunity. So I went there, I saw the country, not that much, to be honest, because I was mainly there for work. <laughs> And after that, I took like a couple of days off to do some traveling, but I've only seen like the Bay Area up until now and New York, I've been uh, three times now. So not seen that much. Um, but so that's why I actually asked this question. I hadn't been to US before 2018, but I was always still always very interested in whatever was happening over there. So how did this start for me actually? When I was a kid, um, I had a friend who uh, I used to play cricket with, like we were a group of like 10 people, 10 kids playing together each day, uh, sharing all those little things that all the kids do all over the world. So, uh, you know, but this one kid always stood out because he always had like the best shoes, best Nike shoes, or he will have mobile <laughs> devices, you know, I'm talking about the late 90s right now. Yeah. So the Indian market back then wasn't really open. So I don't know if you know about this, Alex, but uh, Indian uh, market used to be a quite conservative one. So uh, they used to protect their local uh, companies. So, and then there was, uh, in early nineties, we had a finance minister uh, called Manmohan Singh and he was, he was Oxford educated. He was one of the uh, really good economists back then in the world. And he started opening up the Indian economy uh, now, many people might hate me for saying this, what I'm saying right now, because they wouldn't agree with me, as it is the case with politics and politicians usually. But I think that was the turning point. That was the turning moment when the Indian economy opened up and people started started getting all the things uh, which are American, which come from other parts of the world in India as well. So now if iPhone launches here in, uh, not here in not just here in Germany, but let's say in the US, it also launches in India, right? But back then it was not the case. And I had this friend who used to have all these great things. And uh, how did the how did he get all those things? Because his, his father used to live in the US. So living in the US, and this was not just the case with him, living in the US in my state where I come from, Punjab, it used to be synonymous to prosperity. So if you were in the US, you were sort of rich and no one would ask what you did over there. Just being in the US was enough. <laughs> you know, I uh, honestly, I, I had a friend in the college. Uh, we did our degree together. Um, and after the degree, he went 
to the U.S. and he paid like $45,000 to just to go to the U.S. And we were like, wow, you know, that's still a market. That's still a thing over there in, in Punjab where I come from. So, so U.S. equals to prosperity. I think for many of the people living in the villages, it's still the case. And that's how I was interested, interested in whatever was happening over there. Do, do you think that's because of this image that the U.S. has, at least that even I heard of, not not before I went to the US, it's like the streets are paved with gold, right? Like if if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Like those songs, those those sayings that people say like the US is known for you can go from dishwasher to a millionaire, right? And although I would argue that this is actually not the case for everyone, but there is the economic prosperity or opportunity at least that this could happen to you. Um, I want to say that the... I don't know if the chances are lower or higher. What I do want to say is that you still, if you're a founder, if you want to found a company, um, the US is still spending. I was actually just recently listening to a podcast. You know Frank Thelen? Frank Frank Thelen? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a. If you don't know him, look him up. He's a like a German investor, um, and he was on a different podcast. It was super interesting. He talked about uh, how he like dropped out of college or something and he wasn't really well whatever but he talked about that the u.s is just investing capital so big there right if you have an idea let's say in germany you pitch that idea and if you get anything you might get like 10k or something like 10,000 euros but then you go over to the u.s and the same idea just because someone believes in hey this could be something and and they're more risk-taking gives you like 100,000 euros or or maybe the equivalent of like half a million or something if your idea is great Right, it's just easier to get started there in some circumstances, but I think the overall obsession is also because the U.S. is one of the, and that's just economical facts, right? The biggest world economy there is currently. Um, it has the the most money to spend. Let's put it in that way, right? Because it's the biggest economy. Um, it it exports a lot of goods. It imports a lot of goods. It's an important trading partner. It's a huge country just from a you know size perspective. It has a lot of people living in that country. Obviously not as much as India for, for that matter. But it still has a lot of uh, people in that country. And this country is one of the newest countries there is in this world, right? It, it was founded, um, you know, <laughs> it was founded after some of the instruments I can see here in Germany in like a museum. Like I, I've seen a violin that's older than the U.S. as a country, right? Which is which is crazy. Um, but it's it's this. I want to say it's the sense of the U.S. is just big, important, powerful. It has a huge army, a huge you know military force, also, which makes it a major player on the like grounds of the U.S. of the world, whether it be economical or or you know societal what's happening in the u.s is swept sweeping the world if it's a country or song not a country song baby but but if it's music in general if it's movies you know what's happening there is kind of like it's it's being taken as the ideal living standard this western world civilization culture and what's happening there is often regarded as something that's desirable and that you want to have over here but speaking about this now why is this? Like, why are people, why is this so, why, why are people so upset, even with like movies, right? I think, I think it's, it's the concept of American dream, right? As, as you just mentioned, you, you, 
said that you had this notion of that the roads are paved with gold, that everything over there is really nice and exciting. You know, I, I always had this feeling in India, but I never knew that people had the same feeling in Germany as well, but Germany being also one of the most advanced countries in the world. Um, but people still think or used to think of the US that way. I mean, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons. So uh, something very interesting I actually uh, came across when I was in the university. Uh, so I, I studied software development along with some components of, of um, business as well. It's called business informatics. And at the university, we had this course, uh, which was basically to teach uh, students about what's happening in the society, like this, about the soft topics. It, they basically called it, I mean, my lecturer called it a course to help people not just become uh, Fachidioten, which would <laughs> translate to, I think, a nerd, right? Well, no, no, uh, no, no, no. I want to say like Fachidioten is something where you're specifically knowledgeable about one certain topic, which might be considered nerdy at times, but it would be yeah. like you would be super knowledgeable about that one topic but you wouldn't be knowledgeable about anything else so it could yeah. be also you're you're a nerdy person with regards to societal and cultural things but i, I want to yeah. say because you studied something that's computer related it was probably yeah. relating to you just you don't just want to be a software developer or something like that you want to also be a sociable person that is able to um that at least knows about what's going on in the world to some degree right yeah exactly um over here, shout out to German language, which is so powerful that we have words for <laughs> <laughs> so many things we don't have words for in other languages. Uh, yes. Very interesting. <laughs> it might be a topic for our one of our next podcasts. Oh, definitely. Anyway, so <laughs> so uh, this lecturer, we uh, I remember there were like three or four different topics, and I got the topic of how American movies and series help to export the U.S. its culture you know, to other parts of the world. Um, I remember as a, as a teenager, I used to watch uh, Friends and Friends was, you know, <laughs> it, it, it still is. I mean, it's one of one of my all time favorite shows. I, I love the show. Even when I'm working, sometimes it'll just keep running in the background and the dialogues will make me happy and will make me focus more on, on my work. So, you know, even if I had never been to the US, but through these shows like Friends, or I also used to watch Scrubs a lot. Uh, you know, I I became fan of the US and I used to think how the life is going to be there. And of course, you only see nice things in these shows, right? Which makes you love the country even more. Yes. And, and that's probably also, now that I had like a couple of minutes to reflect on this, you know, I talked about movies and Obviously, as a kid, at some point, you start watching, like, those American movies, right? Like, for example, Transformers, I remember. You know, it's it's a car movie, it's action movie, and it's all taking, or most of it is taking place in the U.S., right? It's all these concepts of, of power, freedom, all of that, which still resonate to this day. Um, but maybe the world is also obsessed with the U.S. due to just the news it's generating right yes. like the u.s is a controversial 
or has or is i I don't want to say anything wrong here but it's there are definitely topics which are controversial and also topics which have been controversial are still ongoing you know um the civil war right slavery all of these things it's not unique to the u.s right slavery or didn't originate in the u.s as far as i know uh, i don't honestly i don't know where it originated i don't want to say anything wrong maybe in the times of like egypt building pyramids or something um but you know so it's nothing new but these topics were so big they created such a huge impact on also the life in other countries that maybe due to some of the i want to say more negative connotated um events people started looking at the u.s more right people people were like oh what's going on over there and because Mm. it is a don't want to say like never-ending stream of topics that's coming from there but it kind of is um whether it relates to uh let's say wars going on around the world like in the middle east for example right uh yeah the u.s has been or still is a major player over there um it it just creates a never-ending stream of things and i think humans in general like the human the human species is just interested in talking about stuff and everyone has a has an opinion usually and obviously that's what we're doing here this is our podcast right that's what we <laughs> that's what we're talking about but because some of these t- topics might have been more controversial than others going on in the yeah. world and as the world becomes more and more connected and news travel the globe faster i think it 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 just piles on even more, right? Back in the days, if you want to, you know, send a message over from the like American continent over to Europe, you would put this on a ship or something, right? But then you, now it's instant. And whenever something happens, you get drawn into this. And because of this rich history, I don't know, like it it just feels to me that the US is so often in the news because of the content what is going on in the country right exactly so um, thinking from a historical point of view although i mean none of us is like both of us are not historians not not at all whatever not at all not at all Uh, but you know thinking about how after the second world war like in let's talk about first and second world war first and then afterwards i mean first and second world war u.s played a huge role right and then after the Second World War, in order to, you know, be, uh, you know, be a powerful force against the East Bloc, U.S. invested a lot of money in Europe. I mean, we all know about the Marshall Plan. Uh, we have heard how U.S. helped out in Germany to, uh, to you know, also the thing about this uh, Luftbrücke in Berlin. Yeah. I don't know what it's called in English, right? But it's basically so Berlin was uh, under the Soviet Union from all four sides and to provide Berlin with essential necessities of, uh, you know, everyday like food, etc. They they provided these things with, with the planes, like they would fly things over and doing all those things meant for the U.S. that they were increasing their power on one hand. And the second thing was also that their reputation, that the image was getting more like more and more better in the eyes of the world daily right and then after the berlin wall fell in 1989 of course the uh, eastern bloc and the the soviet bloc lost like most all of its power and then 
you know, that was again, I think the point when, when the US gained more power in the world. Right. I think you are you're very young, Alex. I don't know if you have heard the stories about like East and West Block and how the US really had impact on these things, but maybe your family told you some things about this. Oh yeah, definitely so, some of that. Obviously I talk to my parents, maybe not to the extent that I'm fully knowledgeable and maybe that's a shortcoming of mine which I should, you know, work on in the in the future. But they've taught me stories of visiting friends in um in Berlin during the time of the Berlin Wall where they, you know, had to cross over and it it's a it it was a difficult time, right? It was a uh from a now historical perspective interesting time also but it was a difficult time for a lot of people and you're right it it probably shaped the image of the american i don't want to say society but just as america as like a helper right someone who's who's doing something in the world and maybe that's also because obviously just in general right psychology wise humans usually don't like change right we like if things are going the way and if you're changed you're being disruptive and a lot of people i want to say especially in germany i feel like change is always something that's like oh change oh no like it's it's quite a conservative society yes i I would i would say that but i think change is important right but whenever something changes obviously it's it's being fought and if you're i think someone i don't know who maybe steve jobs or someone else but said like uh if you're receiving negative press and backlash about what you're doing you're probably doing something right right because uh not obviously not if you're I don't know if you're just just getting negative press, but if someone someone is saying, "Oh, what are they doing?" Like if you if you're founding a new company and it's like, "What are they doing?" Tesla, my favorite example, right? I have to bring this one up. Everyone was like bashing on Tesla. Obviously, they had a huge supporting community as well, but you know, people were making fun of them. Their little golf carts were just zipping around the streets. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Fast forward like two decades, not even, and they're the world's most valuable automaker. Period. There is no one more valuable, right? They cross that threshold. Um, And and I think that's where change comes in. And for the US, I think a lot of the news, because you started this all saying by, look at this, my news feed is full of the H1B visa thing. Um, Mine had at least some parts of it were filled with the US or President Trump saying that he would... um, reallocate some troops from germany and take them out of germany put them maybe into poland put them back into the us right these are all things where this is change and without saying this is negative or positive it is changing something about the way it used to be right and this is just generating a lot of press so i wouldn't say that the us is uh, more important or less important than other countries in this world, but just because it has such a huge influence or had such a huge influence in so many aspects of our world society, right? Uh, whether it be in military force, and a lot of it is obviously uh, related to that, back to the world wars, back to some of the wars that are still still going on or some of the conflicts, right? But then also societal issues like gun law something like that right it's just because we don't have that and it's different from what we have that we we often look to countries like that and be like what are they doing over there and it just proves as a source of not conflict but as a source of um of change from our perspective of things and then it gets picked up in the news and it's interesting yeah but 
again, doesn't it come back to the whole like exporting your culture with the help of movies and, uh, you know, with TV and nowadays everything is available on the US? Doesn't it come back to all of that? I mean, I know I watch uh, Trevor Noah, like Tonight Show on love almost him. on daily basis. Yeah, love, he's, he's love great. Him. Yeah. You know, of course, he gets questions from people. I don't know if you read the comments under his video. Sometimes people go like, oh, you are South African. Why, uh, South African. Why do you care about what's happening in the U.S.? Although he's living in the U.S. now and presents a U.S. show. Anyways, people are going to talk about these things, whatever. But, you know, these are sort of um, the main sources of information right now. Uh, that that we have we get so much information via youtube and all the you know there are so many channels talking about these things so many comedians doing their shows about what's happening in the us about trump most of them negative i mean there's also usually a reason for that well, but to be fair this is the yeah. this is the world that we see on youtube and if you dive into some of the other world that's also on YouTube, but also on other media, you will find a bunch of po positive or supporting content for what's happening, which is, I think, terrible. I think what's happening right now and also some of the um, presidential actions have been uh, controversial, to say the least, and completely outrageous and stupid, to say the most, right? But, um, but uh, <laughs> Not just... really presidential. Huh? Sorry? Not really presidential, right? Yeah, not really presidential. <laughs> no way. But, um, yeah. but, but again, putting this into perspective, uh, there is this, this divided world, or at least some part divided. Um, but what really caught my eye, though, is you said, doesn't it all relate back to kind of the mu music, uh, the movies, the export of culture? Yeah. And I don't know, because was... I can't really judge this. Obviously, I'm not at that age that I could judge this at all. Um, but was there this obsession with what's happening in the US before this big export of culture using movies and using music, cinema, stuff like that was happening? Or did it start with the age of more entertainment-focused work being shared and creating this image? Because... Let's be completely honest. The US is known as the free country where you have, you know, all your freedom and stuff like that. But going back, looking looking at this as a German citizen now, you can't even cuss on like American TV. All of your like songs that are being played on the radio are most of them you can't even have explicit words in them. Right. And when yeah. when Eminem, like the rapper, right, Eminem, uh, when he visited yeah. like the what is it like Stefan Raab's show, I think it was like one of the German TV shows. And he was yeah. like, what? You can say like bad <laughs> words. I, I want to keep this PG. So I don't want to I don't want to blurt out these words now. But he said, what? You can you can say these cuss words on TV. And, yeah. and the host was like, yeah, that's like that's free speech. Right. That's what you can say here. You know, and, yeah. and he basically lost his mind and he went like, oh, and he, he, he blurted out all these cuss words, which obviously was funny at the time. But it, it got me thinking. And also when I was in the U.S., like people have this image of complete freedom. But mm. is it really, though? Right. Is this more is this more freedom than other countries would provide you with? So. 
I, I read this statistic like a couple of weeks ago. 1% of the total U.S. population is incarcerated right now. So 1% of the people are in jails. I mean, that is... And when, it, when you compare it to different uh, other countries, it's so much more than any other country in the world. You know, so... I mean, talking about freedom, of course, that's a different system. Who are we to judge their system, you know? Um, but still, it doesn't sound very free to me. And again, coming back to uh, free speech issue, I mean, I've heard uh, people talking uh, in on movies or on shows about uh, the First Amendment, freedom of speech, right? But again, if you can't say things in public TV, then maybe, and you can say those in Germany, so maybe the freedom of speech over here is stronger than over there, right? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's it's something where I would like to point out that it doesn't necessarily add to content being streamed or being shown on TV if you have cuss words in it. But yeah. it's just one of a couple of small, like, small things which which all add up to something which I wouldn't... Like, I think... I love the... U Again, I love the US. I spend a lot of time over there. Currently, I wouldn't go over there because of the... Honestly, currently, I think the handling of the whole uh, COVID and pandemic situation is terrible. They just had their sad record of the most new daily infections recorded since the beginning of this, which is terrible, yeah. where all other countries or most other countries have managed to go down the curve. Um, they, for some reason, have managed to go up the curse, which is curve, which is which is terrible, I think. So that's why I currently wouldn't visit there. But still, I love the US. I love the people, the openness, the the I don't know, the, the landscape, uh, the opportunity that's being created for people who want to create something in this world. And that's why you see all the big companies in this world being basically from America or China, right? Because yeah, uh, obviously China, different story, but but that's where economic freedom comes in. And, and maybe that's where, uh, you know, I have like a tiny, small side venture going, like a tiny, small startup. Um, and it's hard to found something in Germany. It's hard. You have to work with like tech stuff. You have to get everything set up. You have to, you know, fill out forms. You have to then make sure that all this stuff is working it is a hurdle, a major hurdle. Yeah. And I've never founded a company in the US, but from what I've heard is it's much easier to not only get funding there, but also to, to get started. So that's a different kind of freedom then, which again is probably a little bit more free than in, for example, Germany here, because I can relate to this. But but yeah, I mean, the, I, yeah. I, I, I get it, Alex. And um, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love the country as well. I love US. I mean, that's why we are talking about US right now. <laughs> uh, but I think that's also why we, you know, we sort of have the right to criticize it as well when something is going wrong. I, I mean, people, some of the, again, not the people in our YouTube feed, but, in, you know, the, the other, it is very polarizing. The whole society has been, you know, polarized by, by, by the social media. It's, it's, it's a fact, you know, uh, although it's, it's a good tool. I mean, uh, a hammer is a good tool, but you can also use to bash someone's head in, you know, you can do bad things with it. So social media has been used to polarize the society. Um, but uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, the other, you know, other people, they would say, why are you talking or, or bad about the US or why are you criticizing the US? I mean, if we live the, love the country, if we go there, you know, we 
a lot of us work for American companies because some of the great American companies, especially in tech, are present everywhere in the world, you know. And um, I think that also gives us the right to criticize us, uh, it a bit if something wrong is happening. Over I mean, there. we're we're invested, right? We, we're not, uh, to, to put this completely uh, as a disclaimer here, we don't, we both don't hold any right to vote in the US. We don't, uh, you know, like this is like, we're not, <laughs> we, we're not invested in that way. But I think, yes, we, we still are invested in a bunch of other ways, uh, whether it be through work, whether it be through just personal love for something. If you love something, I think you can be upset if something happens to that, which you don't agree with or something. But, you know, going back to this overall obsession now, we, we, I still struggle. Honestly, I still struggle to identify exactly why I, like I as a person, I'm so obsessed with the US. Is it just because of the people that just I I like over there? Or is it because there is so much controversy going on where I just, it's something like, right, something bad is happening, but you can't look away. Like, is it because yeah. there is so much controversial stuff happening that you're just drawn into this bubble? But, yeah. but it's so interesting because, for example, India, right? You are from India originally, yeah. uh, living in, in Germany now, but you're from India. I know so little about India, but it's a country that has way more citizens than the US, yeah. than Germany, yeah. than than a lot of other companies, uh, countries combined. Why yeah. why do I not know anything about India or just really little about India? But why do I know yeah. so much about the US? Is it because I went there? But then again, why did I want to go to the US? Right? Why? Yeah. B because I had this image of it. Um, I wanted to improve my English as well. But yeah, dang. Yeah. I guess it's because things that are happening over there are so exciting, right? So, I mean, someone like Donald Trump, he's, he has a very colorful personality. I think someone like him would never be a prem, a, a chancellor here in Germany, right? I, I don't think so, at least. It's well, my never, feeling, never. Oh, know, sorry, that, I just bumped my mic. Never say never, but I agree, at least as I see it right now, chances would be very slim. And actually, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But anyways, coming back to things being exciting, right? So he is the president over there. And you hear him saying things, again, as I said, which are not really presidential. These are interesting things. These are funny at times, you know, and that's why you want to listen to what he's saying, what, what's happening over there. And then, you know, I was listening to the Senate hearing of uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, in, in <laughs> over there. You know, they actually invite these people, grill them with questions. I, I've never seen this happening in India. I, I was always interested in politics when I was in India as well. I'm still interested in Indian politics. But I never saw a CEO of a billion, multi-billion dollar company sitting over there and politicians asking him questions or her questions. I mean, I know that those were not really very insightful questions, of course. I mean, these were mostly old people, right? Asking, asking <laughs> we, questions. We don't want to be disrespectful, right? No, uh, people exactly. of age, yes, yes. Pe sorry, yeah, people of age. But um, no, no, the, the, but I, I completely agree. It was pretty funny at times. <laughs> yeah, but this is, I think these are the things that make US so much exciting and so, so interesting for people like us, right? It's true. It's true. And, and to be completely fair, this is talking from a perspective of us, of us, like relatively young people 
who who are interested in tech who work in a uh, who work in a environment which is vastly shaped by the actions which are being taken by the U.S. to some degree or not. Um, and then also personally, right? I have friends there. That's why I'm invested in that even more than maybe some other people. And I would argue that some of the elderly um, of even like Germany would not be so obsessed with U.S. things. However, talk about like the news, right? Um, we here in Germany have the Tagesschau. It's the daily show. It's it's literally it translates to daily show every day at 8.15 uh, at 8 8 o'clock p.m. on the like second it starts it lasts for 15 minutes it has all the news and it's honestly from a lot of different media sources i would say this is one of the most unbiased media sources i know it it reports on everything that's going on and it usually even when i'm outraged by some of the comments usually from us or also sometimes from germany i don't want to take us out of the equation there's stuff that's happening in germany which isn't great right um i'm sometimes outraged by this i'm like oh this is stupid how can someone say this it's still they are reporting on this fairly neutral which i think is awesome but you know this daily show it in the past month I would say, I don't know, I've, I've started listening to this or watching it daily, so I, I guess I have a good overview, but I would say, dang, like, seriously, like, 80% or more of the shows had some sort of US news in there, whether it be something about the police brutality, which has happened, whether it be about the proce- protests that have been going on for Black Lives Matter, whether it has been presidential statements being made with regards to the coronavirus, whether it be, you know, um, I think that's mostly it, what, <laughs> what, what was happening over the past month. But, you know, oh, no, obviously the space launch, you know, SpaceX launching the astronauts. And this is where the excitement comes in. But, you know, I think even if you're if you try to not be interested in the U.S., you are basically forced to because this is, I would say, one of the biggest news things in Germany. Yeah. And it's talking about this because it's affecting the world we live in. Yeah, exactly. I cannot agree more. I think it's, again, coming back to the media we consume, right? It's it's uh, one of the main factors in making US so interesting for us. And probably... Anyways, well, yeah, sorry, Alex. No, go no, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Now, I was just trying to come back to some of the lighter topics because, you know, I was traveling to go to the U.S. uh, this year and I was thinking about taking like a month off and doing a road trip. I mean, my initial plan was to do a road trip from New York to L.A., but then I read about it that it's not really possible. it, It is possible in a month's time, but you won't be able to see much. So you should take like some more time if you really want to see a lot of I would argue a month is enough time. You think so? Yeah, honestly, like but, a, I would say, like if you cannonball it, like the fastest way to go, like from New York to LA or something or San Francisco, I want to say is like three days or something or two days if you continuously drive. But yes, you want to do see some stuff. But four weeks, like a month, yeah, I would yeah. say that's enough. Okay. I don't know. Well, maybe nice. maybe you listeners of ours, uh, if you listen to this on YouTube, leave a comment, or if you listen to the show on some other um, on some other uh, medium, just shoot us an email. Uh, let us know if you're in the U.S. Do you think four weeks or like a month is enough to do a coast-to-coast road trip? 
road trip and actually seeing things over there. And, like, okay, and actually know. seeing things. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, what, what exactly do you want to see? Right. Like, so the thing is, I don't want to drive like eight hours daily and really just be on the highway. I So, for example, if I start in New York, I want to see New York for like four days. And then if I go to Washington, D.C., I want to be there for a couple of days. And well, see, see that's that's your first city. But that's not the right yeah. way. Like you would you would be driving just <laughs> down the coast and you wouldn't really be driving anywhere west for okay. that weather. But yeah. Okay. Tell me about it, Alex. You have traveled, traveled a lot. I know you like going to South Carolina, is it? North, North Carolina. North, North Carolina. Carolina. North Carolina. Yes, yeah. I love it there. Tell me about your experiences, please. Um, well, the first one is obviously, uh, the first experience I ever had was me being an exchange student flying over from Germany. My first stop was New York. So the first ever US experience was New York, which was crazy. I mean, <laughs> I, I was 15 years old at the time. I was... Whoa. Uh, I, I could speak English, right? But it still, it was a huge strain. Even the first maybe three months in high school, I I had the good, like the luck to have some really great friends there. And I'll tell you about this in a second. But um, I would ask constantly, like we were sitting over lunch in, in the high school cafeteria and I would ask like, what does this mean? Like, I don't understand. And the first couple of weeks and months, I was constantly translating back and forth between German and English. I don't know if it's the same for you with with like maybe, I don't know German or or uh, or your native not, language. Not, uh, not anymore. It used to be like in the first couple of months, and then uh, when I was there, and then I had sorry, I have to tell this. I had a really great German teacher who told me stop translating things from English to German, otherwise you will never learn German. And that was the best piece of advice I ever got. Do do you still when you listen to English? Do you translate it back to your native language or? No, I don't. No? I do not anymore. I think I used to do that, but not anymore. Okay. I think when, if you keep doing that, it'll never come naturally to you. So you would never know what to say next because you will take some time to translate in your head right before you say anything. Again, movie, serials, uh, TV has helped me a lot to, to learn English. Yes, yeah. yes. It keeps my English sharp. At least I, I like to say that to myself so that I have an excuse to watch Netflix and, and other shows. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so the, the first days were hard because it's the first time ever I was thrown into a situation where if I wanted to speak in my native language in German, I couldn't. Like Even if I would, like nobody would understand me oh, or at least most people wouldn't. So yeah. it was it was interesting. Uh, the first couple of days, we were still all together as an exchange student group. I had a couple of people from Germany there. So we're all together in New York. It was, it was interesting. It was fun. And then I flew over to North Carolina because that's where my host family was. Uh, if, if you're listening to this, Christine, I have to send her this podcast. Uh, I definitely have to. If you're listening to this, Christine, thank you so much for having me. You made my whole obsession with the U.S. Uh, my first impression of the U.S. awesome, and also it was it was one of the uh, most shapened or shapening or de- whatever I I can't think of the right word it, right now. But it, it was it one shaped of, your life. It shaped yes, it shaped my right? life this time. So thank you, Christine, for for uh, Christine was my host mom for for those of you who don't know. Thank you for enabling me to to have this great time over there. Um, anyway, I I flew over there. I I got onto this tiny airplane. 
um, in New York. And I've never been on an airplane that had three seats in one row. It was like one on one side and two on the other side. It was crazy. So we flew over there. I landed in Wilmington, North Carolina in this tiny airport. It's an international airport, but it's tiny. We, they opened the door. There wasn't even a gangway out. You just stepped out of the plane and then you walked into the building. And wow. this wall of hot, humid air hit me. It was something like I've never experienced this before in my life. Um, I went out. It was hot. You went into the building. It was freezing cold because everyone had AC, had a like air conditioner in there. Um and and that was my first like entrance into like my new world, which would you know not haunt me, but which would be a big part of my life ever since. Um, I obviously met my host mom at the airport. Um, I met my host brother at the time, uh, Luke. Also, shout out to you if you're listening to this. Uh, you've been or you still are fun to hang out with, and and we would play video games together, stuff like that. Um, and then obviously high school, the entire experience. I think most of it, like the the most determining part of it, was shaped by friendship, actually. And I was mm. so lucky that in in actually a history class, we we talked a lot about U.S. history. In one of my history or in my history class during my first. Um, uh, which was in the first half of my, you know, study abroad some uh, year there, uh, a girl came up to me, Kaylee. Uh, and after f- like the first couple of days, I was just, you know, I-, I didn't know anyone. So the teacher would obviously say like, oh, this is this is Alex. He's from Germany. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, yeah. But I would know no one. So I would sit at lunch, you know, I'd be like, oh, this is awkward. I, can, oh. I-, I bought like my lunch. I didn't know what to buy. So I just ended up with some random food. I, I was like, oh, is this okay? Like, oh, I don't know. Um, and But then at some point, uh, Kaylee just, for whatever reason, out of an act of, human kindness i don't know i'm I'm forever grateful for that she was like so do you just want to sit down and have lunch with us and honestly that was the the turning point like that was the determining moment um in in my like life basically from that point on because through her i got to know friends that i have to this moment that i value that are some of my best friends i've i could ever wish for um and it started, like, all of it started falling together. Uh, one of my friends, or two of my friends were actually, they had boats. We would go out and wakeboard. And, and you know, life just changed after that point because I had people to talk to, people to to enjoy the, the time with. Um, so mm-hmm. so that moment was really defining. And uh, it was fun. And actually, one one quick story here, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking. But um, one of my first days... Uh, my host mom and me, uh, we would look at the bus schedule because obviously in the US, right, you have school buses and that's that's what it, you know, all right. So um, we had a school bus and I would look, we would look at the school bus schedule and one school bus, like the area I lived in, in the US was a big area. And I didn't know this, but there were multiple school buses going to that area. So the yeah. first day I looked at the bus, whichever I had to go on and all right, I, I saw a bus that had my neighborhood on there. I was like, all right, I guess this is it. So I went on that bus the first day and I I completely, it was the wrong bus. Like I, <laughs> it, it was the right neighborhood. So I was in the right area, but yeah. I, I just like at some point I was like, oh, I think this is where I have to get off. Can you leave me out here to the bus driver? And and uh, he let me out or she, I want to say it's a he. My my later bus driver was a was a, a woman. She was great, uh, Wendy. Um, but yeah. uh, so he let me out there and it wasn't that I didn't know where to go after that, which was funny enough. But the thing which happened next is 
the first day this happened to me, I was walking down the street and I honestly, I was kind of lost. Uh, it was, I think the 31st of July, I was talking on the phone because it was my brother's birthday, I want to say. Um, and I was talking on the phone, so I wasn't really worried, but I was walking down a street with no sidewalk because that's how it is in the US in small towns sometimes. <laughs> and a car, get this, a car stops beside me and yeah. it's like, aren't you Alex? And it was a guy from my like pre-cal, like it's math, right? Pre-calculus, yeah. pre-cal class. And he was like, you look lost. Do I, do you want to like, should I give you a ride? And you know how parents always tell you don't get into strangers' cars? <laughs> I got into this car. Yeah. I was so happy. He talked to my host mom, dropped me off yeah. at home. And, you know, these are the things that shape yeah. my view of the United yeah. States, of who's living there, right? Like kindness, openness, yeah. people who are welcoming. Yeah. And this is why I'm why I also got so obsessed with the U.S. and why I'm always so, so sad when something happens that... Yeah squashes that view i have of it right it's the change right but if 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 even back in germany people talk about oh the us everybody goes to high school there is it's so easy it's stupid no like people don't get that you get to choose your own topics and you can make it super hard for you a lot of people don't that's a different story but it's not yeah. like you know it's super easy so anyway that's but one of my first experiences and these are yeah Alex, these are such wonderful stories like both of these that you told me. And I mean, little act of kindness, little acts of kindness, right? When someone says hello to you or asks you to join them for, uh, for, for lunch, you know, or gives you a lift. These kind of things, the, these mean like for the person doing these things, they mean nothing sometimes. But for the other person, as you were saying, it can be like life changing things. You know, it makes you fall in love with, made you fall in love with the US. It still, you know, as you were saying, it shaped your life, you know, and your sort of love for the country comes from these acts of kindness. So people be kind to each other, be helpful to each other. It was a Great topic, Alex. I think it was great talking to you about it. And I think we can finish now on this positive note. All right. Happy to do that. Uh, thank you so much, Robbie, for bringing this topic. We weird off a little bit towards the end, but um, yes, it is. Uh, it is a still a country that I love, but some work to be done also. Yes. I love US as well. And hopefully I will get to do my road trip from New York to LA soon. Yes. And hopefully I will get to see all of my friends again uh, also soon. But we'll see. Cool. Um, everyone, we are available on Spotify, on Apple, on Apple Podcasts, right? Yes. On Apple Google Podcasts. We are not there yet, but we are trying to get there as soon as possible. And we have a YouTube channel called German Masala. Please feel free to follow us over there. Um, hopefully you enjoy our podcast. We will keep making those for you. Yes. Well, cool. perfect. Thanks. Till next time. Yeah. <laughs> German Masala is a podcast under the Alex Universe name. Alex Universe is currently one YouTube channel hosted by me, Alex, where I talk about electromobility, electric cars, electric bikes, all of that good stuff, and this podcast hosted by Harbier and myself. <laughs> <laughs>